Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another special episode of the Line of Vienna Street podcast. Such a regular occurrence at the moment, we're going to have to stop calling them special soon. My name is Tom Jenkins, and I'm once again joined by the inimitable Chris Manning, Mr. Bolton, Will Jones, and also the man who makes this all possible with his technical prowess, James Jarvis. Speaking of technical prowess, but in a strictly footballing sense, I'm also delighted to introduce our special guest. He gets a mention from Will almost every time we record a podcast. <laughs> He's a former academy graduate who in 77 appearances for the club scored 23 goals. And by the end of this chat, we may well find out if we'll be adding to those statistics. Please welcome welcome the Denton Messi, Zach Clough. Zach, these are strange <laughs> times we're living in. How are you holding up? Yeah, it's, it's been difficult, but I find that like most humans, we adjust quite quickly to certain situations. And yeah, I've been trying to stay fit and got two dogs so looking after them and I think they're happy to see a lot more of me and yeah, yeah it's, it's been good I bet this has been a godsend for them keeping get, keeping you occupied certainly I'm sorry for the the slightly cheeky comment about you perhaps adding to your Bolton stats but um, as I said if you listen to any of our previous podcasts when the topic of conversation turns to potential transfer rumours Will always brings up your name and back in January the rumour all <laughs> started up again was there, was there ever any interest from the club to bring you back then? I'm not sure in, in January. I never spoke to Keith or David Flipcroft. Um, it was, I, I was desperate to get out of Forest all, all season, really. And, and yeah, Bolton would have been high on my list to come back and enjoy, enjoy my football again because I have my happiest memories there. Mm. Um, but it's hard to say when, when I can come back to the club. It's, hopefully I will be back at some point, but it's just hard to say when. No, sure. Did, did you have any sort of inkling as to where you'd be seeing yourself playing your football next season or is sort of this, this crisis at the moment throwing all that up in the air? Yeah, it's tough. I've spoken to my agent a little bit, but I know that he's probably unable to do his job properly at the minute with a lot of clubs. Um, we'll probably be shut down at this moment in time. So it's difficult to speak to heads of recruitment and chief scouts to, to see what the type of players they need. But I have another year left at Forest and... Um, yeah, it's. I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. It's a tough one to say with what's going on. No, definitely. I, I, I apologise for having to ask the question, but it was one of those ones, as I'm sure you've seen on Twitter, that has been asked over and over and over again. So at least it's out the win, um, window now and we've, sort of, we've got to it. We've, talk, we've talked about the future. Let's go back to the past. Taking you back to uh, the start of your time at the club, you scored in your debut in 2015 against Wigan in the FA Cup in a 1-0 win. Um, talk us through that. How did Neil Lennon let you know you were starting and what did it feel like at age 19 to make your debut in a derby? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty incredible feeling, really. I can't... On the on the day, I feel like... I think Neil... We used to stay in hotels before every home and away game that season. And um, he... I think he approached me at breakfast and kind of said, do you feel ready? And uh, obviously my answer was yes. But at that point, I got a lot of butterflies in my stomach, and I was kind of—I don't know, really. I was the day just went so quickly. It was also my brother's birthday as well, so it kind of all happened on a on a weird day. Did you feel like yeah. you should have got your chance a little bit sooner, under maybe Dougie Freeman before Neil Lennon took over? Yeah, I feel as though maybe I maybe I waited, and because. Because I kept hit, came onto the scene and hit it off so quickly and scored, I think it was six in eight games, including the cup. Um, maybe that was the right time for me to to burst onto the scene. But I feel like I was ready when I was about seventeen under Dougie Freeman. But he just never really gave, gave me the, gave the confidence in me to put me on the pitch. It was a it was a strange one, really. 
Yeah, we, we've talked to a few players who um, were obviously managed by Dougie over the time and they said that his management style was certainly left a lot to be desired and the, the personal uh, personality uh, sort of uh, side of things. What did you feel like he did you feel like he wasn't really the kind of right manager to get the best out of you? No, I feel like he was. And he was the one who, when I remember a game at Exton behind closed doors against Wigan, um, that, that was the first day I think Dougie had seen me play. And he put me in the squad two days later against, I don't know if it was on Boxing Day. It was like, so we had a game on Christmas Eve. And then on Boxing Day, he put me in the squad for the first time at 17. I can't remember who the game was against, but. And I knew, I knew he liked me from the first minute, really, but he never really gave me the chance to play. He was he was quite strict with me. Like he always wanted more from me in training and stuff, and I just didn't know what how to take him because I was only so young and I didn't know what he wanted from me to to give me the actual chance on the pitch. It was tough. Zach, do you think that um, as an, an attacker himself in the past, Friedman, that he? was maybe in a better place to judge what you had to give, as opposed to Lennon, who was obviously a defensive star midfielder back in the day. I've often thought it curious how managers who are perhaps not reflective in their own playing career of, of the style they want to yeah. impose upon a team and, and how the players respond to that. No, yeah, I think that was that was a big factor because when I would train with the first team under Dougie, Dougie would kind of shadow me all the time and be talking to me in training. And after training, he would pull me to the side and I'd stay out for half an hour with him kicking balls against the wall and taking the touch off the line. And it was, I, I did like, I did, I did love Dougie and Jamie Fullerton because they did have a lot of confidence in me and taught me a lot. But he just never gave me the, the confidence to play a game. And it was just, it was a bit disappointing, but it was good that I kept going and Neil Lennon came in and just gave me the confidence to, to play and I really enjoyed it. We can see you're enjoying it based on the form that you showed. You're absolutely on fire in that uh, period of time. Obviously, we we lost um, Lee Chung Young sort of around the same time as you were making it into the team. So you almost had a ready-made spot in the team for you. How much did that help you sort of make that adjustment into first team level? I think uh, I was I was kind of chucked in one because when he left, we had no one else to play that position apart from maybe Sparky. But Sparky was playing a little bit deeper. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, if Chungi did stay, I probably wouldn't have played as many games because obviously he was a great player and he was many years older than me and played a lot more games. So I may have just been a bit of a bit part player coming on for 10 minutes and maybe would never have got the opportunity I did. So I was grateful for off, leaving off more goal threat than, uh, than Chungi did in that time anyway. Yeah, it was, we're a bit of a diff- I think we're a different type of a number 10 type player. I think I'm more of a striker and he was more of a creator. And um, yeah, and Alfie coming in as well. I think he came in in the, was it the January? Alfie came in. Yeah, we literally just started. I was about to pick up on that straight away. Yeah, a great partnership you two had. Oh yeah, I loved it. He's even tried talking me into Sydney. Alfie a number of times, <laughs> getting, me over, getting me over there. But I just felt I was a bit a bit too young to go over there. Yeah, and I, I want to show a lot more in England. Well, he, he certainly remembers it very that partnership even though obviously you seem to bounce off each other on the pitch how useful was he off the pitch using his experience to help guide you yeah Alfie was a good one for me because he just filled me with a lot of confidence and he would just like he would tell you how good you are and you might not be that good but he would he would tell you how good you are and make you so confident and he would create a lot of my goals from his movements and unselfish play that he would he would always make like the runs in behind and it would open up gaps for me to to get into the box and just 
score a few tappings. Like the one against Watford, I think Fiends Fiends was perfect for me as well because he would that, always cut the bo- cut the ball back to the edge of the box, and that's where that was my kind of favourite type of movement to the edge of the box and a first time finish. And Fiends would always pick up on that movement. I think that that Watford game was excellent in particular. You know, seeing you and Alfie, I think it was one of the the few times that you played together from the off, and it it just seemed to work so naturally. And, and I think that that was probably the best example of how well you two could work together. And it's just a shame we didn't get to see more of that. And I guess in your you sort of feel the same on that level. Yeah, it was. I think he came back to the club in the League One season when I left, and I was gutted because I didn't know that Alfie was signing that on that day. And, but if he was, maybe that would have even made, persuaded me to stay even more. But I think maybe he came to replace me. I'm not sure. It's fascinating because he said exactly the same thing, that you, he was on the phone to you or something and you just literally told him that you'd left the club just as he joined. It was almost like a sliding door. No, it was a crazy day. Literally, that was such a crazy day because I was training on the morning of the deadline day. And I remember players said, because I think I was linked with a few players, a few teams on the day. But Nottingham Forest wasn't one of the teams. And I think experience said to me, um, as I was walking out of the training ground, like, um, any chance you're saying your goodbyes, Cluffy? And I was like, what? I don't, I'm not going anywhere, mate. I'll see you tomorrow. And like, literally, I, was, I went to pick up my phone because it was broke at three o'clock from somewhere in Bolton. And um, I picked it up and I had, a, I had a missed call from Lee Anderson, I think it was. And from then, it was just a blur, really. I didn't... Did not expect to leave on that day. And, I think, um, I think um, we're yeah. going to move on to it a little bit later, but obviously, given that you've mentioned it there, deadline days are the kind of thing that we see on TV and it comes across as absolutely mental, so hectic. Was it exactly the same from your perspective as a player? Yeah, it has been for me. I think I've moved, every time I've moved, it's been on deadline day in late in the evening. And um, it's difficult to make the right decision at that And I think so late on. You have to just take, you have to just go with your gut, really. You speak to a few people that are close to you and take their opinion, but it is a tough decision to make when it when something pops up on deadline day that you're not expecting. And sometimes you might not make the right decision, but only time will tell, I suppose. <clears throat> In terms of that conversation with Lee, uh, Zach, again, sorry, Tom, for interrupting. No was worries. there any was there any pressure on from the club's side to, to make the decision for you, or were you still at that time given the choice to accept or reject? I think the conversation was kind of like the club have accepted an offer from Nottingham Forest and it was like obviously I did thought about it and spoke with my parents and stuff and he and we, we knew that it would help the club and we knew the club were, were struggling in a sense financially yeah so it was I, remember, I remember Parky Park, did ring me on the um, on the way down and he was he was desperate for me to stay I think the way he was talking to me but he also said like look it's it will be a life-changing contract and stuff. It was it was such a difficult thing for me to to do because I knew it was a risk because Forrest didn't have a manager at the time. It was Gary Brazil in charge and he's like the head of the academy. And it was just, it was a massive risk like in terms of football. And maybe, I don't know, if Bolton were in a more stable position, I don't think I would have had a left... <laughs> Probably. It's, a, it's clearly a very difficult one, isn't it? Because I know you, you know, knowing the club as you know, as you knew them growing up there, to to make the decision maybe for selfish reasons, you might have then the yeah. consequence of what could happen to other people on your conscience. So I don't think anybody anybody would criticise you for making that call. 
no, it's it was yeah, it's it's spawning in a better position now. We'd probably have spent my whole career at Bolton because I was happy, it was risk risk free. And in terms of playing football, I would just be on, playing with a smile on my face every day, knowing that the majority of the fans loved you. It was nice. <clears throat> and that's when you get your best out of yourself, when you know that people people like you and managers have got full confidence in you. And then that's when the football does the talking, I think. Absolutely. Was there ever any opportunity for you to leave the club at any point after you made such a great start in that first season? Because I remember you getting the, the shoulder injury at Reading, if memory serves. Was it Jamie Mackey or something who forced that? And I, I, I would have seen you finishing that season with 10 or so goals or something. You know, yeah, I feel, that I feel as though I would have got, I think I would have hit double figures that year. because I, I think we had 15 games to go still and I scored six in eight. And the way I felt physically and mentally... I felt fearless and I felt like no one could stop me in that in that league. Um, I feel as though maybe my agent spoke to a number of Premier League clubs that, that summer, but I was injured, so it was really difficult to to get a deal done and go to a club with an injury. I think we were so lucky yeah. to have you during that period and the form you were in as well was just unbelievable. I remember those few games, you know, I was in Watford and Wolves and, uh, you know, I think a couple of others as well. Where you the goal against banged. Brighton's my favourite by The Brighton well. one as well. How could I forget? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's one of my favourites as well. Oh, that spin it. as well. It was just it, it, incredible and it, it was just like no one was going to stop you and it just would have been incredible to see you carry on that form. But you're obviously just unfortunate to have, to have picked up an injury at that time and... And obviously, Jamie Mackey, um, you know, well, less said about him, the better. But, <laughs> oh, never liked Jamie yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, met no. Jamie Mackey in a lift in Dubai one, on holiday. That was a bit <laughs> weird. He, he, just walk, he just walked into a lift and, like, he just the way he is as a person, he acts like your best mate. And I was like, flipping it. He was just dead loud and chatty. I think he'd have a few drinks, to be fair. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> expect that of him, to be fair. But, <laughs> yeah, he seems no, like yeah. a good guy, to be honest. Oh, the place in the Bolton dressing room that you've been part of, Zach, I'm sure you're used to people of that similar character. <laughs> yeah, I've grown up in that, in that, around them people, I suppose. Yeah. But it's did, been, did you, it's been um, good fun. Yeah, so did you, do you worry about re-injuring yourself when you went back into the, to the following season? Obviously, there was quite a lot of pressure on you being, you know, a lot of expectation, given that you had yeah. that pre-existing injury and shoulders are quite a fiddly one. Were you worried about it happening again? Um, yeah, it was. I was probably not putting my arm out and running the same as I was before but um, I, I suppose when you're playing the game you don't really think about stuff like that but yeah it was it did, it did change the way I, I, play, I was I was moving and like my strength and stuff I probably lost a little bit of upper body strength but I feel as though right now I've I've had two operations on my shoulders now and I feel as though I probably don't even feel, feel that I've had operations I feel kind of back to normal and back to the way I was when I was 19 in terms of fitness because being at Forest in the 23s this year I've been training like a under 23s players and throughout the breed animals are down at Forest we're doing gym three four times a week we do like loads of of running and stuff and I feel as though I'm 19 again and I'm in the in the same shape I was when I burst onto the scene just waiting to get back out there Nobody is more pleased to hear that than well than any of us. That that that's what we want to see from you back out onto the pitch and, and doing what you do best. Because obviously yeah. we're so used to seeing some fantastic performances from you and sort of carrying the banner for the Bolton Academy when you made that breakthrough. Yeah, it was obviously I looked up to Josh Bella when I was I was doing all the schooling when I was sixteen and seventeen, and and Josh would pop in one day a week because he was with Owen Coyle and 
the first team lads and I would kind of look up to Josh and think I wish I was doing as well as you were at such a young age because I think he was playing in the Premier League at 17 under Owen Coyle and yeah I think Josh was a big inspiration for us because he was only a year older than us and so as soon as I kind of got got around the first team yeah I got really close with Josh and I think me and Josh and then Rob came along and Tom Walker mm-hmm. um, yeah we it was a good group of academy lads going through at the time and a lot of coaching from Dave go on Sorry, mate. Do you think it's easier or is it tougher as an academy player coming through the ranks? I mean, on one on one hand, you get maybe a bit more slack off some supporters. On another hand, you maybe you've got to work a bit harder. Yeah, I think it's probably quite even on that sense. You probably, I think the fans take to you a lot a lot easier, don't they? Being a, coming mm-hmm. from their own club. But yeah, in in the early days and through the academy, it is really tough because. Um, I suppose everyone's working as hard as each other, but some people will skip skip gym sessions, skip skip a set and stuff. And I never did that. I would I would probably say that I used to do every single thing because I knew it would benefit me more than them if they don't do it. I suppose it's a cutthroat business at the end of the day. They are your mates, but you have to do what's right for yourself. Is that the kind of attitude that was instilled by David Lee? He certainly seems to be a fitness freak in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Did he? And even even Kells, Kells didn't do as much in the gym, but he would make sure he was he was running, doing the distances that were required to to get the best out of yourself. Do you think they could sort of spot you a mile off as a contender for breaking into the first team fairly early on? Because I think obviously the, the, these lads come flying through the academy at such a rate of knots that you know the banging in goals are fun and they obviously tee you up for that. And you know, obviously yeah. you said you feel as if you were ready, sort of at the age of seventeen. Had they pushed you forward to the first team at that point, or was that sort of decision you made yourself? I think I was training with the first team at seventeen a little bit, not a lot, but under Owen Coyle and previous like I was quite a far off it I was I probably wasn't one of the better the better physically gifted players of my age age group so when I was 14 15 I was probably lucky to still be at the club because I was a lot smaller skin like a lot skinnier mm. and I think when I signed the scholarship my mindset changed and I used to go to the gym after tr- training on every single night after training every day I used to get the train back to back to Denford, and I, I would go to the village gym in Hyde and do extras, and and David Lee would shout at me for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I feel like that was that year that got me into the physical shape because I think my technical side was always quite high in the group, but the physical wasn't. So I got the physical side as good as everyone else, and then. I feel like when I was 17, I was probably pushing towards the first team, yeah, as one of the better players in the age group. Did you think Rob Holding was going to make it as far as he did? Yeah, definitely. I thought Rob had the ability, and I think he was another one that was doing the extra gym work and, and stuff, because he was always quite slim as well. And I think he still is, but he's a strong lad now, and technically he's always been... like probably the best in the in the age group. And yeah, I knew that Rob would I didn't I wasn't sure about going winning the FA Cup and, and things like that, but <laughs> I suppose he's done unbelievable and he deserves all of it. 
Yeah, I feel sorry for Rob because obviously he's had his um, injury problems as well. And I know that you two seem to be very good mates, given that you uh, were sort of the co-managers in that Legends game, which I, which I credit for bringing back some yeah. of the good times that led to our promotion. Yeah, that was class. Um, I think that was just before Rob left. He was, Arsenal. yeah. Very close to him when he went. Yeah. Um, we used to travel in together as well. In the, um, He was from Staley Bridge. And we used to travel in and car share every day. That was That was fun. Yeah, class. <laughs> Did you um think when we sort of went into League One that um obviously we were going to lose Rob? But did you think that the squad that Parky managed to bring together was always going to have the quality to be promoted? Because obviously we got off to a great start and then it started to to fall off a little bit. And then you came back into the team. I remember what was it the two goals against Oldham, if memory serves, that sort of got us yeah. back on the right footing. Yeah, I think I picked up a hamstring injury in the pre-season. So I was I was struggling for the start of the season, so I, to, I was obviously just getting myself fit um, for about the Oldham game. I can't remember what month that was. I think it was maybe September, October time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like the squad we had was a lot of we had a lot of strength and depth in probably every position, every position, and players like Sammy. Sammy was far too good for League One. Um, Gary Medine was the best striker in the league by a country mile. I thought. To play up as a front three with them three was it was quite like they made it easy for me. And mm. yeah, it was kind of perfect in a way to play off half, uh, to play off Daz. And for Sammy to cut in on his left foot, he would always look for you or find the top corner. That's what so he did. Do. Did you like being shunted out to the left to sort of accommodate Josh in the centre? Yeah, I loved it to be fair that year with Andy Taylor as well behind you. We, we created a, a really good partnership because. I think Andy would always bomb on, overlap, and he would he would shout for the ball, but I would never give it him, and he would never sh- tell, like Good shout ball. at you because I know some full some fullbacks would fly past you and scream at you and go mad if he didn't get the ball, but Taylor would just let me give me space to go inside, and it was I think it was yeah it was perfect really. I think everyone was a little bit concerned because they obviously wanted you <clears throat> through the front and centre and playing, you know, in the ideal yeah. position to bag some goals. But obviously, if, if you were OK with playing on the left, then that's a little bit more reassuring to hear, you know, on the basis that, you know, it, it may or may not happen again. But you, you obviously had quite a few strike partners that those few seasons as well. Obviously, you named Gaz as, as, you, as your main one. Uh, obviously, yeah. you had the likes of Jamie Proctor and, and Max Clayton and all sorts of those. Were there any who you felt were, were de- developing partnerships uh, uh, as well as Gaz, you know, on the basis that, you know, it, it, if Gaz was to leave or whatever, you'd be able to click on with them quite easily? I think every kind of partnership would take time. I think you're not just going to be chucked, chucked in onto the pitch with someone and, and kick off straight away. No. Um, but with Max, our relationship off the pitch, I think on the pitch we would have been exactly the same if we if we had a chance to play a lot more games. But he was really unlucky with injuries and it's really sad to, to see that like, we still stay in touch and stuff. But I'm sure he will get himself right and get back playing because he's a really good player. But yeah, yeah in terms of yeah, Jamie Proctor, Jamie Proctor, I don't think I had much opportunity to play with Jamie because Gas was doing so well. Yeah, uh, it was sort of Jamie one of the really other, good. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, they were very similar players. But, yeah. And Max was uh, it worked well with you and Max as well, particularly at that Coventry game as well. I think it was just after yeah. New Year, uh, where yeah, I think it, came on together. And you and him were both bagged as well. I think you know you got the penalty and then and then he scored the equaliser. It was yeah. I thought that that was going to be a partnership that that was to blossom, but it obviously wasn't to be, unfortunately. 
Um, no, but we didn't really get much time together on the pitch, did we really? No, tough. but then obviously, as you say, things worked out really well with Gaz, didn't they? Yeah, it was perfect, really. Gaz was anything that weeks or bees would clip into his chest, he would bring down with ease. And that was probably the best part of his game, really. That he held up well, and that's what, that's what you need when you've got two wingers running off him, him me and Sammy. And Josh running off him as well. How special a night was that um, Berry 2-0 for you, Zach? Because when you watch those games back, the thing that really uh, comes through for me is the enjoyment of scoring those goals. Yeah, I know goal penalties are not... People say, oh, penalties are not, not classed as a real goal, but that was probably my favourite night under the lights in a Bolton shirt because I was I was up against the lad. Do you know Niamh? He was playing yeah, yeah. right back and we went to school together. So we were really good mates and it was, it was a really good challenge for me because... He knows me inside out and I know knew him inside out. And I probably got the better of him on the night. Um, I was going to say, you had him on toast, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think the referee helped me out a few times. But but yeah, it was it was a great night for me. That I really enjoyed it, especially being a big derby. And all the very fans hate me now. And some of the comments I get on Twitter, I can't really repeat. But <laughs> Was there much yeah. sense at that point that, that things were maybe on a bit of a knife edge off the pitch or were the players kept away from that a little bit because I know you mentioned Lee Anderson before who's you know I'm sure you're not the only one that's received a bit of a delirious phone call off him um, off the pitch it seemed like things were at that point weren't that bad but was there any sense within the squad that things maybe were bubbling under a little bit I don't think I think Phil Phil and his staff were like the perfect managers to a point at the time and I think that's where Lee and Ken made a great decision. And I think the way he managed the group of players that year was unbelievable. But I know some fans will question his tactics and stuff, but I feel like he's man management of players at times. The players that are playing, he just keeps them focused and motivated every single day to get the job done. And the job was to get promoted. And I feel like he did such a great job at hiding everything off the pitch. And I think he did that in the championship as well. It was such a difficult job to do because of what was actually going on. The players didn't really um, didn't really like find out about what was going off on off the pitch until maybe the championship year when I came back on loan. When yeah. days we wouldn't train and stuff because of what was going on. What was that like when you would turn up at the at the training ground with that sort of thing? I mean, were, were you told in advance? Were you turned away at the gate? You know, were you getting your boots on only to be told there was no hot water? I mean that. It just all seems so bizarre for a club that was so successful, you know, eight to ten years previously to have that sort yeah. of massive turnaround. Yeah, I don't. The players were always kind of last to find out anything really, because um, obviously I think they don't want the players to get the wrong end of things, and because they need to try and keep them focused, because they're important to get the results on the on the pitch. So, yeah, we didn't really find out till I think Parky would always be the first one to tell us because he wanted to make sure that, I don't know, just to keep the togetherness in the squad. Yeah. And stuff, yeah. It's two very different styles of managers that you had while you were at Bolton in terms of Parky trying to calm everything down off the pitch and Neil Lennon's sort of brash and outgoing yeah. attitude. Who do you think got the best out of you? I think they both got the best out of me in different, in different ways, to be honest. I think with Lennon, I was completely fearless but I think that's because maybe I was so young and just he would just let me go and do whatever I wanted to do and never tell me where to go he would just say just go and score goals and take people on and stuff but I think that comes with me being so young and not thinking about the game at all and just feeling like I was playing in the park 
and as you get a bit older, I think Parky had to motivate me a little bit more and make sure every single day I would be the best player in training or feel like I'm the best player. And I think that's where Parky got the best out of me because I need someone to motivate me every day because there would be days where I turn up, I'm tired and I would probably just get through the session and not try and get the most out of it. But Parky would pull me in if ever I did that and give me a good hiding. I just don't think that went that came across enough with Parky the fact that he was you know trying to be outspoken and motivate his players because he always seemed to be the person who sort of kept his head above it all yeah I think that was probably for me that was his biggest attribute as a manager is my manager how he managed me and yeah the way he kept me motivated every day and just I don't think our tactic in League One wasn't really long ball. Obviously, we had guys up front. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though we did play some good football in that in that year as well because of the goal against Gillingham that me and Josh created. That was probably one of my favourites as well in terms of not scoring a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, Parky often gets obviously labelled with the long ball stuff similar to the way Sam Allardyce did in the Premier League. And you're right, I think what was maybe frustrating and maybe why the fans started to turn on Phil was the fact that he did actually have a squad of players there who maybe were capable of playing a better style of football. Did it frustrate you as a more sort of on-the-deck attacking player when you saw it being hoof the gas all the time? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe Parky gets the, the brunt of it because of, I think, the year we got, the year we stayed up, the way he, I think when I came back, I feel as though the way he set the team up was really defensive, but I feel that's just because of the, maybe the pressure he was under. And I'm not sure it was a, it was it was difficult. I don't feel like he wanted to play that type of football all the time, but I just feel as though he thought that was the best way to get the results we needed to stay up in the championship that year. Maybe I don't know. One one of the aspects of that sort of style of play that played into your hands, I suppose, is if you play the ball up to a big striker, you may well get fouls in around the box, which is of course where you come into your own. Yeah, definitely. Take it. I love a free kick. Sorry, Zach. One of my favourite things about watching you um, as you're taking your free kicks or even in and around the box was you, you know, you seem committed each time to, to maybe side footing it. I don't think I ever saw you smash the ball in. You know, granted, there was a, the odd 25 yard screamer, but for the most part, I, I thought your finishes were always, you know, slide finishes or, you know, dinks over the keeper, things like that. Is that something you'd worked on or was that something that you just, that just came naturally? I think that's something I've always, my technique has always been more that that style. Like I've never mm. been a player that will smash the ball with my laces. I feel as though I think I used when I was younger. I used to like watch Nicholas and Elker, and he was similar. He used to always slide it past the keeper, and and obviously he would score the odd screamer as well. But I think he was quite that type of finesse finesse player, and I used to love an Elker. You're certainly not alone in loving an Elko. I'll, give, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, I, I just think it's incredible the number of free kicks that you managed to score because we, I don't think we've had a player since Matt Taylor who was able to do that. Were you at the club when, when Taylor was sort of in around the first team? Was there anything that you could pick up from his style that helped you with free kicks? Mm, not really. I was really young, I think, when Matt Taylor... I can't really remember what, what age I was. I would say I was probably about 14, maybe. So I think JJ was a big one as well. Watching JJ, obviously getting free tickets to go and watch JJ every week, being in the academy with class, the team we had in them days was, yeah, unbelievable. 
Couldn't agree more. We've obviously come to uh, the last free kick that we scored um, for Bolton in that first spell was a free kick against Charlton. And obviously that was when the, the Notts Forest move came about and we've, we've obviously touched on that. What must have, what was sort of going through your mind when you made that move to Forest? Did you think that you were going to be a regular starter? Had that sort of been put out to you by Gary Brazil? I know obviously he wasn't the main man in charge. Um, it was such it was such a rush before the move. I don't think I'd spoken to anyone about him Forest until I got down there. And um, they had a game actually that that night against Rotherham. So I only see, I only met with Gary after I'd actually signed. So it was such a rushed rushed decision. And when I, when we actually I started playing, I scored four in four in my, my I don't know when I got set, I scored four in four games. Uh, I had a great start there. I just think with all the different management changes, it's just so difficult to to keep the place in the team. And with the amount of players they've signed over the last three years since I've been there, it's just so difficult, really. Were there any other clubs that you were in for? Pardon, at, the, at that on that day in January. Yeah, sorry again, Tom. I do apologise. Um, it was just curious. You know, you said about Forest being the, the one that maybe got furthest down the line. Had, had there been any talks any other clubs that, uh, that that in that window? Not that I was aware of. Not okay. not from my end. No, but I think Forest was the only club that made the offer, and okay. obviously Bolton accepted it. But yeah, I think Bristol City was a few years before. That was um, yeah, that was, was a popular one. Year before. Yeah, January the year before. That one got like well out of proportion, like like the way the Bristol press picked up on it and stuff. It was never like that really, I don't think. I think I was just really young and wanted to stay at the club. It wasn't that I thought Bristol was a bad club. I just I remember thought. I think they were absolutely adamant that they'd had you and, and you know they were trying to rub it yeah. in our faces on social media <laughs> that evening and then obviously when it didn't happen, everyone was like, Thank God. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it was crazy. That was another. I think that was like middle of January, so it wasn't something I needed to rush. So I did take a lot of time to think it over and went down to Bristol, met with Steve Cottrell and stuff. And it just, I just felt young and it was a risk. And I was really enjoying my football playing in the same league championship. I just didn't feel like I needed to take that risk at that time in my career. Well, with Forest, it obviously seemed like you know, you obviously felt like it was the right move. Was there, was there ever, ever, you know, hesitation? Like you said, obviously Parky was on the phone to you on the way down there. Was there any point where you were thinking, oh, I might turn around and drive back? Or, or, or Yeah, the whole, way, the whole way down there, I was thinking like that. Literally the whole way down there, it was just like, I felt because I turned down the Bristol move, I felt like I've got the, I've got here and maybe I need to come out of my comfort zone for, for it and just, just give it a go. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was playing really well. I felt really good. And I felt like, yeah, this should be. If I'm, if I play the same and just keep keep working hard, this should pay off. No, yeah, fair enough. I can understand that. It's obviously a bit a big decision for you to make. Obviously, it, Forest is still a, a club which which you possibly feel will be able to give you regular first team football. You, do you think you, you've sort of been, you know, given what what you were sort of promised at the time since since then, or? Um, you know, not not, not quite um, being obviously now training with the, t- the 23s and what have you. Was it what was promised at the time? Or when I signed there, it was there was completely different ownership at the top of the club. The, I think Fawaz was the owner at the time when I signed, um, and then literally three months later, some Greek owners came in. That I think Marinakis now is the owner of the club, and they came in, and everything was fine until. Maybe I made the decision to come back to Bolton. I feel as though that was 
kind of the turning point. Really. I don't think there was any way back at Forest once I went back in the summer. Mm-hmm. I feel as though mm-hmm. a weird, a weird summer when I went back. So it's still sort of always been in the back of your mind to an extent that you know a move back to Bolton would be sort of still well you you wouldn't rule it out in that respect given that you haven't felt as if Forest were necessarily all that welcoming when when you returned that second time. Um, what do you mean by that? Like when I came, why I came back to Bolton on loan? It was well, just like in the aftermath of that, Zach. I think he means given that you said that when you came to Bolton and that loan spell, and then after obviously finishing that loan spell, once you come back at Forest, the opportunity seemed to have dried up. Do you reckon? Yeah, that's, I think that's like what it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think is that I think that year the club was trying to move on a number of players. I think there was about twelve players. The clubs, the club was trying to move on, and I, I felt like that was probably the right time for me to leave. And but it was obviously diff- it was difficult at the time. I think we sort of. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I'll ask about the summer I went to Rochdale on loan on deadline day again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just desperate to play football. What, what what always amazes me about the the move to Forest in the initial instance is, of course, no one would deny you that with what I imagine the boost in wages, the transfer fee that went through, and the fact that they were playing in a division higher, it's obviously a step yeah. up. And then, of course, in this twist of fate, we then got ourselves promoted, and they almost got relegated. But the fact that they oh. then stayed up. Are you celebrating on two yeah. fronts? That must have been pretty damn special. Yeah, that was incredible, to be honest. Because I came to the Bolton promotion. I know, promotion, I, um, I was at the game. And we had a game the next weekend. I, don't, I probably shouldn't have gone to that game. We had, a, I think we had a game the next weekend to stay up against Fitzwitch at home, which worked out really well for us. Because I think we won 3-0. But yeah, it was a bit of a crazy few weeks that I was worrying. I was yeah, worrying yeah. what if, what if we get time. relegated. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Indeed. Um, we talked about the return to Bolton. I think it's sort of, as you say, it's a very, very um, difficult situation being transferred on deadline day. We'd obviously just lost Gary Medine. We're looking to, to bring in someone to score the goals. I think obviously Tyler Walker had been brought in earlier in the evening. Would, would, yes, did you know that he'd be joining? Yeah, Tyler texted me and just asked me about the club before he played before beforehand. And I think that's what got me going a little bit because I've seen that we'd signed... 10 players on, on deadline day and we brought in Lee Tomlin. It was very similar to me and Taranka had worked with him before. So I was thinking maybe I'm going to be kind of a bench player and just not not play at all. So I thought I'll bring my, ask my agent and see if, the, see if he can speak to Parky at Bolton. Mm-hmm. And within an hour that was sorted. <laughs> so, I don't think it would have been a difficult conversation to have. No, I know. Maybe that was something that if I would have stayed at Forest that that January and fourth, my place. I could be in a completely different place now, but I'm not sure. Do you have any regrets about it? No, no, because I wanted to come back to help help Bolton and, mm-hmm. and keep get that help them stay up. One one of my regrets Definitely. from that, and obviously it's not in my control, was of course the Bristol City game that we won. Um, that you came on in. If you'd have scored that goal there, oh, it's just been one of the perfect homecomings. Of, yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> I always think about that moment. I think it would have been so different as well. Do you know the whole the low move? I think I would have probably gone on and scored five, six more goals, you know, with the confidence and stuff. Yeah. Do you think the team was sort of geared around being able to give you that opportunity, though? Because that's why I think you maybe didn't have the same effect that you'd have wanted to. No, I don't I don't think we had the same the same team as we had in the in the Lennon era. It was obviously we had to I don't I think we had to be set up more defensive to to get the results because I think we went with a 
kind of three defensive midfield players because that was probably our strongest strongest way for us to get to get a one 0 win or a point on the road. Mm-hmm. So that's in that aspect, it was difficult for me to go and play as a number nine on my own, and it suited Alfie a lot more because he would. I don't think Parky was willing to risk me and Alfie playing together because of the the battle we had in our hands. That's yeah. one of the things that I'm really upset about, and I'm sure Will, you're about to come on and say the same thing because I think we all just wanted to see that partnership again. But I, I, maybe situation dictated that it couldn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the the partnership, particularly, and both of you were sort of equally as unsettled at the time, and it sort of seemed like since that January things just weren't going to plan. And obviously, like you said, it was it seemed very very defensive the way that we'd set up, and you were given you were given very limited opportunities. It was just a shame that neither of you were sort of given more more game time at that point. And I know obviously results are are arguably more important than than, than providing players with game time at such a crucial stage of the season, but. Uh, you know, it would have been nice certainly for you to, to to get a few more games and obviously prove that you could that you'd be able to do it if if the opportunity was there to come back again. It'd just have been nice to to see you and Alfie link up again, and in the way that you had the first time. But I'm sure you would sort of feel you know, equally as a, a, a in that as that it it's, it didn't quite work out the same. No, but I think the the main thing was we we did we did end up staying up and Parky did get the job done in difficult circumstances. I was um, going to say I saw you at Forest at, at the Forest game that day. I think you were in the stands at that point, and I think that must have been such a a mixed feeling. That I think you were you were still with us at the yeah. time, and obviously it was yeah, Bolton Forest, and it, it must have just been such a weird feeling because I, I think I'd seen you celebrating with the likes of Bella afterwards and so on. I just thought yeah. this must be such a, an awkward position for you to be in at that moment. I bet you just didn't really know what to do with yourself. No, it wasn't. I was obviously wasn't allowed to be around. Bolton players because I was on loan from Forest. So, but after the game, everything was fine. Before the game, I was stood in the tunnel speaking to the Forest manager, Karancha, which was a bit weird as well. <laughs> Were you telling me to go easy on us? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, I wasn't. But no, I think you're in a unique really position as having worked with Parkinson and Keith Hill. Um, what, with regards to Hill, how do you find? How did you find him? Did he want to play? Is this fabled uh, attacking style of play that he seems to be to be linked with? A reality from a player's point of view. Yeah, he, he does want to play high, a high press game, and he's, he's the way he wants to play is really good, and his philosophy is a high press. And at Rochdale, like I really enjoyed the first few weeks because I was fit, I was ready, but it was just I couldn't. I, I picked up an ankle injury um, after like the first game, and I just couldn't get it right for the whole year really. And I picked, I did it again, like. <sighs> I did it twice and I did my, my calf. I missed about 25 weeks of the year injured. So I just couldn't get fit at Rochdale. It was tough. But Keith would, I think if I would have played a lot of games under Keith, he would have probably been another manager that gets the best out of you. As Dennis Politic and Ronan Darcy are showing right at the minute. I was going to say, you were any of those... them when you were at the club, Zach? Were Dennis and uh, Ronan coming through? Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I do remember both of them and I remember a lot of the the staff, David Lee, Nicky Spooner, saying that these two, these two boys are probably going to be the next two after me, Josh and Rob, to, to break in. And they've done really well, and they're both really good players. And I would love to have played with them, play with them again. Yeah, I think I think sort of they complement each other reasonably well because Dennis is more of the sort of the tricky winger, whereas Ronan is quite hard working. 
It would have been yeah. nice to possibly see a, a three a, a attacking trio behind a behind a striker of you three sort of cold complementing each other. But you know, we can we can back three. That would have been bad, I don't think. No, not at yeah, all. big Daryl Murphy. <laughs> of course, another Forest fan. Those clubs are intrinsically linked at this point, Zach. Yeah, I know. I'm Brid as well. Brid is. He did well. He's uh, a good player. <laughs> Tom doesn't agree, but I'd, I'd certainly bat you okay. on that, Zach. Fair enough. Liam's an incredible player, to be fair. And, you know, I'd yeah, quite happily on both of you back. But... <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, kid, I, kid, I kid with Bridcut. He's a, he's a very, very talented footballer. I just wasn't sure that he necessarily suited playing for Wanderers at, at League One level. He, from a, a, a natural skill perspective, he should certainly be playing in the Championship for me. Yeah. 100%. He's played in the Premier League as well. He's a great, like, technically, he's unbelievable. And, he's, and the way he tackles and reads the game, it's, he should be playing in the Championship, I think. Yeah, I would agree with you there. The one thing I want to ask you, Zach, about the uh, the loan spell, and I promise you this is the, the sort of like the be-all and end-all question. How much did you know about the goal against Sunderland? <laughs> a lot. Quite a lot, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm that was a bit, was a bit, a bit cheeky and a bit naughty, but it got it got us over the line, I suppose. No, honestly, you look back at that. That's one of the crucial ones, certainly. Yeah, it's a bit. It was a big three points, I think. I'm not sure if it came off my head or my head or my hand. I can't remember. We'll, we'll keep it quiet. Right? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was my head. Oh, fair enough. Um, how, what have you sort of made of um, Bolton this season? Have you been able to catch any games or have any opinion on how the squad's been going? I've not seen much of it, to be honest. I've been really focused on on myself and I don't know just getting myself back to where I want to be I've not really watched lots of football because of not playing it's difficult really when you watch it and you're not playing it makes it a lot harder I've obviously watched some of the Forest games while I'm while I'm in Nottingham and stuff but yeah I've not seen too much I've seen I obviously obviously look out for Bolton results every every single weekend but in terms of coming to watch the games I haven't watched a game this year Fair enough. It's sort of a waste of adventure looking out for Bolton results. I can already tell you how they're going to go. <laughs> nah, I'm sure it'll pick up. <laughs> Possibly, yes. <laughs> Definitely will. Do you think how how is it going to happen with the? Um, there's been no news about clubs and like the way the leagues are going to go now. Is it like it might just get fully finished and then hopefully Bolton will stay in League One? Hopefully. I, I would say but, that that maybe is the way that it looks like it's going to go. Don't know how we hope it's going to go. It'd Probably be funny to watch somewhere. Liverpool Liverpool knack it up and us survive at the same time. I'm a City fan. I'm a City fan as well. Oh, I bet you'd love I'll that. I'll take whatever punishment it takes that means that we get nothing and Liverpool get everything taken off of. That's, that's the easiest <laughs> thing. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be the best scenario for me. Exactly. Don't dangle the dream in front of me, Chris. Come on. Um, <laughs> I think I think that sort of comes to the end of the uh, general chat about the time at the club, etc., etc. Zach, thank you. For, uh, answering those questions we're now going to go to Will to have a look at what the good people on Twitter have come up with you and I apologise in advance if there's anything nasty in there <laughs> I was no, going to say four hours of when are you coming back I imagine <laughs> I can assure you all of that's been cut out uh, you know we'll avoid that tricky point but we, we've got a couple of interesting ones which uh, you know I do approve of uh, so Sean's saying, uh, can you pick two uh, all-time five-a-side teams? Not necessarily the best, but of your favourite players. So one of current or former Bolton players, and then one just generally in terms of sort of uh, everyone playing. Um, in terms of Bolton, I think you'd have to go back to 
the, the times when he's in the Europa League and he had probably the Yossi in there. Um, I, I, I put Campo in the centre. Yeah. Then JJ, Yori Jokaev. Um, can you put yourself in up front? <laughs> 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 yeah, put in ahead of Nick I don't know. Anelka, yeah, Anelka. I forgot about Anelka. <laughs> fantastic team. I'll, I must. I'll watch. I'll just watch. Yeah, no, fantastic. And and one for the rest of the world as well. Um, rest of the world. I'm not going to put any defenders in. I don't think for a five side. <clears throat> I'll put. I'll probably put Neuer in there because he's massive. Yeah. Um, I'd go Iniesta. Messi, De Bruyne, and Aguero up top. Because <laughs> I'm a City fan. Yeah, we could tell. We could tell. <laughs> you sure, don't want Edison in there for his uh, skills with the ball up the deck. No, I'll put Neuer in. <laughs> Neuer's unbelievable. I think you know, all the City fans seem to get nervous of all their their keepers. I think it seems to be a bit insurance. <laughs> they don't trust anyone. Not no, I approve of that. And Kevin De Bruyne is obviously a special player as well. So I get completely where you're coming yeah. from with that. Uh, Cam Lowe's asking, who inspired you to start playing football? Um, I think growing up, the likes of being a sick fan, Sean Mike Perks was my kind of head of. I loved him. Like he was a great. He was like unbelievable. Loved him. Um, I think my dad as well was kind of a big part yeah. big part in it because he would make me he would give me a ball all the time and come out and play with me when I was even two years old and three years old I was going to say he's, he's still relatively you know heavily involved in, in your career I think isn't he because I know he, he gets the odd appearance on social media and I know, <laughs> I, know, it, I, know I know us fans love pestering him on deadline downs and what have you so um, yeah is it, I'm guessing he's a massive influence on your, on your career is he yeah, he is. And if I didn't tell him what not to say on Twitter, he'd be saying all sorts. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I have to ring him on Saturdays, Sundays, all the time. Shut up. Keep my mouth <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he, he, lo- he loves talking stuff out there. But no, he, he means good. Good stuff. Uh, Daddy West asks, uh, Neil Lennon gave you your debut, but who's been your favourite manager and why? Um, I'd probably say Neil Lennon, just because of the fact that he he was the first manager to give me the chance and just to give me the opportunity that I've worked so hard for because that's literally that's probably one of the biggest moments of your career when you get the chance and the opportunity to prove yourself to thousands of people. That's what you've worked so hard for. So yeah, I'd say Neil Lennon. Good stuff. Uh, Simon's asking, uh, was Ida Johnson possibly the best role model that you played alongside? Yeah, he's the best player. A mile, like he was, he was obviously a few years past his best, but some of the stuff you'd see him doing training and the way he would talk to you, such, such a relaxed person. And yeah, he was good to definitely learn from at that time of my career when I was so young. Yeah, he just uses class either, I think, you know, and if there was ever yeah. a, a role model to have, it'd certainly be him. Yeah, um, but play with him. Yeah, and that, that second time out round, obviously one of his his you know, most prolific appearances was was in that Liverpool game. Uh, talking of which, yeah. <laughs> did Martin yeah. Special really make contact? Yeah, I promise. Tiny <laughs> bit ever. I can still feel it on my toe now. What 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 part of the toe? Right at the right at the end or what? The big yeah, right on the end of the big toe it was. 
nasty bastard Martin Pettit. <laughs> so I'm glad he didn't let me take it though, either. I wanted it. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I think everyone would have wanted it. I bet Big Matt Mills would have wanted it as well. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Mills, he would have loved it. Uh, another one, Alex Greensmith's asking, uh, I'm sure you're asked this loads, uh, but how does it feel being a clough at Forest? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, obviously not not being quite as successful as they were, but I just don't really think it. You get to asked all the time when you're in Nottingham, oh no, he, he related to, to Brian, and I'm like, no, <laughs> which it was. Oh, no. No, yeah, it's, it's all right. And uh, I believe Tom's dad also has a has a question. <laughs> he does <laughs> ask how much of an influence did all of the senior players have on your career back in back in the days when you were growing up? Not just Ida, but but sort of the rest of them as well. Yeah, they was all like they all wanted me to do well. Like it was all always like fill me with confidence. And I think the group of players we had was perfect for me when I came in because they would let me take free kicks, let me take penalties, and a, a lot of clubs. You wouldn't get that. You'd have a lot of the crows with the big egos and stuff trying to bu- to, bu- to bully the young players. But I've got a lot of respect for all the players and and how they treated me when I came through. I bet it was quite surreal, you know, being, being stood there sort of in, in awe of, of half of them, you know, obviously with some of them yeah. being your idols and what have you, and also being given the opportunity to play with them in training and what have you. It must have been a dream come true. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a bit crazy, really. But, like, even in my first championship game, the free kick against Wolves, I wouldn't have expected to let the players let me take that because I was a 19-year-old kid, never played in the league before, but they just let me have the ball and let me take it. Good stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, the last one is, what's been your career highlights in general and we'll have one at Bolton as well? My career highlight in general is probably, probably scoring on my debut really against Wigan in a, in a rival game. Like, there's a lot of highlights I've got at Bolton, so many, like it's hard to pick one out. And obviously yeah. at Forest, I scored against Derby. That was a good moment for me as well. In my first season <laughs> in Derby, that was nice. I think you have to pick that that one against Wigan, though. It was just special that goal. I yeah. Think. Just, yeah. I think everybody yeah. just loves you for that goal. It was just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah, about it. Just chipping a Wigan keeper, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. And the QPR yeah, I absolutely wish you the best for your career, but just don't ever sign for those lot, please. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> I've had a call up there, manager once as well. Shock. I, I, hope, you, I hope you rejected it. years ago. Yeah, nothing, nothing came from it, I don't think. Good, not that I found out about. Fantastic. I think that's everything. Yeah, thank you very much, Zach. I think the, the only thing I, I would ask is, do you have any message for the Bolton fans? Because your popularity certainly hasn't waned in the time since you've left the club. I just feel though that I've had my happiest memories there and I would love to return at some point and but it's just difficult to say really when. But I'm, I'd just say also to stick behind the players I've got now and the management staff and the new owners. It looks like they're trying to do the best for the club and, and get them back gradually where they should be. Thank you very much, Zach. Um, so, really well, that. Any, yeah, that was brilliant, mate. Thank you very much. <clears throat> So thank you for listening, everyone. It's uh, episode 137 of the Line of Vienna Street podcast. Uh, in the recent weeks, as I'm sure you know, we've released podcasts with Stuart Holden, Riley Jaidi, Adam LaFondra and David Wheater. Uh, go and give them a listen on iTunes. Uh, go and listen on the Line of Vienna Street website. Give us a follow on Twitter at Line of Vienna Street. 
Uh, but if there's nothing left to say, boys, then it is time to say goodbye. Zach, we have a signature sign-off with the podcast, which I'm sure you'll be able to follow once I've gone through all the lads on the call. So, say goodbye, Will. Goodbye, Will. Say goodbye, Chris. Come back, Zach. Come back, please. Come back. Please come back. Say goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Zach. Thanks for having me, lads. It's been a pleasure. Goodbye, Zach. And it's goodbye from me. Salabi.